0: Tonight, after being reduced to an international laughingstock, is the Fergus Highlanders women's rugby club going to do the right thing and cut biological male Ash Davis? Oh, no. In fact, they're about to double down on stupid. It's Wednesday, August 23rd, 2023. I'm David Menzies, and this is The Ezra Levent Show. (laughs) Sensorious thug. After two months of covering the end result of what transpires when one blends the great sport of rugby with the insanity of radical transgenderism, I have come to the conclusion that sometimes there really is just no fixing stupid. And often it is simply impossible to course-correct the minds of young, useful idiots who are seemingly proud of being brainwashed by a woke agenda. Yes, I'm speaking of the rank-and-file members of the Fergus Highlanders Women's Rugby Club. Well, it's kinda a woman's team, because on the roster lurks a bioweapon in the form of a male player, Ash Davis. He seems to take joy in injuring biological, AKA real female opposition players. And yet his female teammates are perfectly fine with that. It's all about human rights or trans rights or the rights of misogynists to run roughshod over real women. Or maybe it's about gaming the system in order to win at any cost. For what the Fergus Highlanders are doing is garden variety cheating. In any event, check out this video excerpt that was shot on July twenty-second. Ash, why are you no. doing this? I'm David Menzies, Rebel no. News. Hi. Oh. No,
1: you're not really uh, a part of this. We're having a team chat now. Okay, so. I'm
0: just trying to ask some questions, ma'am. Sorry,
1: but this is not the appropriate time. For that. Why are
0: Sorry. you allowing a biological male to compete against female players? I'm
1: not going to have a conversation with okay. you. Well, I'll
0: talk to Ash then. Ash, do you take joy in injuring female rugby players? Are you lacking the skills to play with male players where you should be? You're a biological male, aren't you? I got you, I got you. Okay. No, right here. Right here. Wow. Thank you, sir.
1: No one Mr. Rash, are you, are you a misogynist? Yeah. Thank you. you. coming with no, me? So please, no, leave me back
0: up. Hey, watch it. You'll be charged with assault this child. Would you mind yeah. leaving? <laughs> Mr. Rash, the governing, the governing uh, body for rugby, World Rugby, world says men matter. should not compete. Friends,
1: lives matter! Wow, really?
0: All lives matter. All lives matter! All lives matter! All lives matter! So, human rights matter! Human rights matter! You don't have a problem? You can leave now. Human yeah. Thank you, sir. No, thank you. This yeah. is a human rights issue! Oh, okay then. We live in Canada! Yeah. All rights, trans human rights, rights for everybody. What? Trans, trans race race matter. What about the... Trans m- rights matter. That you trans are traumatizing matter. my family. I'm traumatizing them. Why? Trans what happened? Because
1: trans my kids trans trans get to see right people matter. like you trans crying trans trans because
0: of things. I- I'm surprised. As a things mother, things why would you expose your uh, kids to because a misogynist? that is trans my trans partner. Trans that is
1: trans trans my trans wife trans trans that trans you are. He's a lesbian? Right, so right, I'm going to just ask right, you guys right, right, please. Yeah. Going you going right, Do you think
0: let let it's okay correct. for him to injure biological woman? So
1: I'm not going to answer any of your questions right, right, right. And, I'm like, and it's have it's a nice right. day but Human yeah, rights Human rights. Right. Right. What about the human rights human of
0: biological right. women being the injured human by this right. man? Human rights What about the biological rights of the
1: Charter of Rights and Charter of Rights and Humans matter
0: Well that footage is never going to get old but I must tell you Folks, that assignment really rattled me. Oh, it wasn't the swearing or the middle fingers or even the physical assaults. Rather, it was the degree of indoctrination displayed by Ash's hysterical teammates. They actually seem to believe that a dude sporting testicles and Adam's apple, rippling muscles, and the onset of male pattern baldness can say that he's really a chick and, well, so be it. Yet more diversity, equity, and inclusion that is continuing to define Prime Minister Blackface's new and not so improved Canada. Indeed, whether it's the education system or pop culture or CBC propaganda, these young women have been brainwashed to the extent that they actually believe that radical transgenderism is a good thing, even if accommodating this lunatic fringe is ultimately going to be towards their detriment. Astonishing. Here's another clip of a player who A, says one must have certain credentials in order to find the word woman, and B, seems to actually take pride in her ignorance. Check it out. World Rugby, the governing body, says this is against the rules. You can't have biological males playing against biological females. I don't know, I guess they just- yeah, what's a biological female? Well, I would imagine if you're born with female genitalia versus male genitalia.
1: Where did you get your PhD? Pardon me? You're, you're defining a biological female. Where did you get your PhD?
0: So I'm defining a, but ma'am, in the history of sports, all sports with, with the exception oh, of equestrian I'm not old or auto race
1: for history. I'm only 19 years old. I cannot say what happened 20 years ago because I wasn't-
0: I No, oh, but watching. in the here and now, you see male tennis, female tennis, right? I don't right? see
1: any tennis, I don't watch tennis.
0: Oh, okay then, so it doesn't exist then?
1: To me, you can't ask me a question about it because I have no idea. Just the same as you can't talk about what a female is if you're not a doctor.
0: I can't? What is a female then? Do you have a definition?
1: Oh, no, I'm not a doctor.
0: Again, astonishing. But if you think the opposing players are upset with the presence of this brute, you'd be wrong. At the July 29th game, Fergus went up against Waterloo and most of the Waterloo women, a.k.a. the potential victim pool for Ash, oh, they were perfectly okay with him playing rugby. In fact, some were even wearing trans-colored wristbands to demonstrate their solidarity for Ash Davis. That's right. They were visibly demonstrating that they support a cheater who might just be mentally ill and might just send them to the hospital. Check it out. Can they continue to have you? It's technically harassment on the ones here. Oh, you don't. Really? Is that right? You should look it up. Are you a lawyer? Where are your men? I'm considerably more educated than you. Where are your men? I don't understand. What, what's I... the issue? You're unable to get women? Um, no. Actually, it's the other way around. That woman's team has a man on it. He's being been injuring biological woman, And you, as the opposition, you have no problem with a cheater? No? No, oh,
1: we just like playing rugby.
0: I, I love the sport.
1: Have you played?
0: Not for a long time, man. Okay. But you know what? Back then, uh, and even today, the world rugby... A governing body says males are not allowed to play with females. So why is this being tolerated, ma'am?
1: Because um, they're not a male.
0: Wow. Then again, in fairness, we later found out that those Waterloo women who were not gung ho for team trans were actually coerced into showing their support for Ash nevertheless. No, I kid you not. Prior to the game, Josh Windsor, president of the Waterloo County Rugby Club, sent out a communique to all the players. Incredibly, Windsor threatened to have female players terminated from the club if they didn't support Davis. What's more, Windsor also threatened the players that they would actually be criminally charged by police if Windsor deemed any comments regarding Davis to be hateful. Wow, Mr. Windsor, um, can I call you mister? You are a woke woos. You are a demented disgrace when it comes to the concept of chivalry. Now, as previously mentioned, our video regarding Ash Davis has gone viral. It has more than 1.1 million views on YouTube alone. The YouTube video also generated some 20,000 comments. I didn't read all the comments, but I have read hundreds. And every single comment is Anti-Ash. Oh, by the way, please don't tell Josh Windsor about this feedback, folks. I don't want this woke bully making 20,000 calls to the Waterloo Regional Police. Now, typical of the feedback was this comment from Randy Verich, 1314, quote, We as Canadians are a joke to the world. As a woman myself, I find this disturbing and the woman defending the biological man disgusting. As a former rugby player, it's obvious how dangerous dangerous it is to have biological men playing with women, end quote. Nicely said. Now, at the end of the day, you might assume that because the Fergus Highlanders female rugby team is now a much derided international laughingstock, that this band of cheaters would change its ways. Well, folks, you would assume wrongly. The other day, I was forwarded an email from Jane Adeo, who is the president of the Fergus Highlanders Rugby Club. Adeo's email is addressed to the Fergus rugby players. Amazingly, there are no apologies pertaining to the disturbing presence of Ash Davis on the team. And there are no commitments in terms of telling Ash to play rugby with the men's team where he belongs and where he was given the award of hardest hitter just last year incidentally telling mr davis to beat it would be in accordance with the rules of world rugby the international governing body for the sport since 2020 world rugby has forbidden biological men from playing with bio- biological women so what gives but no adeo makes it clear in her statement that moving forward fergus will be doubling down on transanity here's what she states quote As we approach the conclusion of the 2023 summer season, we, the Highland Executive Committee, feel compelled to reach out to each and every one of you regarding recent events that have taken place both at our club and within the wider rugby community. First and foremost, we want to express our deep concern and empathy for those of you who may have experienced incidents of abuse the well-being and safety of our members are of utmost importance to us and we are committed to fostering an environment where every member feels represented, respected, and protected we understand the gravity of these issues and we want to assure you that we are taking steps to address them in a compassionate and proactive manner and quote whoa 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 stop the clock here when Adeo speaks of instances of abuse, what in blue hell is she talking about? Is she referencing the multiple woman who had to be carried off the field thanks to Ash Davis's brutal tackling? Or more likely, is she speaking about some insensitive questions asked by yours truly? I think it is indeed the latter. I want to throw to a short clip of me being physically assaulted, but here's what you need to know, folks: the man getting handsy with me is, <laughs> drum roll, please, none other than Jane Adeo's husband, Josh Adeo. Check it out. here, wow. thank you, sir. You Mr. Ash, are you are you a misogynist?
1: Yeah. Thank you. Coming with no, me? So please, please,
0: please, back Hey, watch it. They'd be charged with assault. That, folks, is physical assault. And this backstabbing soy boy is lucky we're not pressing ahead with criminal charges. Well, at least not now. But I think this is a bona fide example of a so-called instance of abuse, wouldn't you say? But no, wrong thought is far more odious in the warped mind of Jane Adele. But wait, Lady Jane has more nonsense to pass along to her fellow Highlanders. Quote, Highland Rugby is more than just a club. It is a family that stands together in our shared values of inclusivity, respect, and kindness. When you joined our community, you signed the Code of Conduct, which serves as a foundation for maintaining a space that is free from hate speech, transphobia, racism, referee abuse, and bullying. We believe in upholding these principles with integrity, And we appreciate the overwhelming majority of you who have shown exemplary behavior, both on and off the field. End quote. Um, Code of conduct? Surely Adeo is being facetious here. As previously noted, World Rugby has banned biological males playing with biological females. That's code of conduct right from the top. So really... It is the Fergus Highlanders that are in breach of the code of conduct by allowing this male grifter to play rugby. Still, Adeo drones on, quote, "'We want to acknowledge that certain incidents have been beyond our control, but we are fully committed to taking action to prevent such occurrences in the future. As your representatives, we are diligently working to ensure That the provincial code of conduct is strictly followed and enforced throughout the club. Your well-being is our priority, and we encourage you to reach out to us if you have any concerns or suggestions to further improve our community. End quote. Um, certain incidents? I think she is talking about our reporting of the ongoing Fergus fiasco, something that has been ignored by the lamestream media, by the way. Still, I would dearly love to know what Adeo means by, quote, taking action to prevent such occurrences in the future, end quote. These games take place on public fields. Does Adeo plan to ban the independent media from attending these games in order to prevent Ash Davis from having his precious feelings hurt? Oh, good luck with that strategy, Mrs. Adeo, because if this dude is on the roster next season, rest assured we'll be covering this ongoing outrage starting with the home opener. (laughs) We are not going away. Adeo concludes her rant with the following, quote, Highland rugby is defined by its unique and incredible community. Quote, Highland rugby is defined by its unique and incredible community. We are immensely proud of the success of the 2023 season with over 390 members proudly wearing our jersey across Ontario. Your passion and dedication have been the driving force behind this achievement and we are grateful for your unwavering commitment to the club's values." End quote. You know, at this point, folks, you have to wonder if Jane Adeo is even more delusional than Ash Davis. For example, what are her benchmarks for success and achievement? Is it an achievement to put a male on the team as a competitive advantage? That's actually cheating. As for success, Even with this cheater on the roster, Fergus still managed to lose in the playoffs against Waterloo. As for the consolation final against the Niagara Wasps, which was scheduled for August 12th, well, that game was cancelled with the Niagara Wasps citing safety and sportsmanship reasons. Thank God there's at least one organization in Ontario rugby taking a proper stance against Transanity. Another thing that is stunning about Jane Adeo's missive is that if you didn't know what the issue was, i.e. a male illicitly playing rugby with females, you'd have no idea what the hell she was ranting about. It's like a statement from a blackface liberal. You know, I bet Jane Adeo is a card-carrying liberal, given her smugness, wokeness, and preposterous lack of transparency. By the way, several days ago, I did reach out to Jane Adeo. I had 16 questions for her regarding her preposterous end of summer statement. And I welcomed her onto this platform to state her case in an interview. Alas, it has been radio silence. What a coward, just like her husband. But what is really astonishing about Jane Adeo is her stupidity. She's an accomplished rugby player, to be sure. She was on the national team at one point. But if we allow gender-bending grifters like Ash Davis to cancel female players, what is the future of women's rugby in Canada? By accommodating Ash Davis on the Highlanders, after all, one real female player is not on the team. And what if this catches on? What if those male players who can't make the male team decide to reinvent themselves as female players and join the women's team? Conceivably, if we don't nip this gross trend in the bud, the sport of rugby will have a male team comprised of males and then a female team comprised of males. In other words, we'll have two male teams, team number one and team 1A. Uh, Don't worry, ladies, maybe you can try out for cheerleaders if you want to take part in the sport somehow, unless that also gets outsourced to the Frankenfems. But Jane Adeo is oblivious to this clear and present danger. Good thing she was born at the right time so that she could participate in elite female rugby and become president of the Fergus Highlanders Rugby Club because those opportunities might not be available for real women like her in the near future. Now, there is a solution to this fiasco, and it is simply this. We must create an open or other division where goodness knows anything goes. Thus, if you are Herman Munster in a miniskirt, or a chick that wants to be equipped with a dick, or you're an anabolic steroid user, hey, the more the merrier. Let's bring back The Freak Show with a sporting theme to it, shall we? (laughs) I'd buy that for a dollar. By the way, don't look for the authorities in Canadian rugby to lay down the law of the international governing body. Rugby Ontario, is hellbent on sweeping this scandal under the rug as opposed to growing a set and telling Ash Davis to know his role. As for Rugby Canada, all you need to know about this woke organization is that its spokes thingy, Tanya Richards, goes by three, yes, count them, three gender pronouns, namely she, her, and Elle. Oh, by the way, here's a photo of Tanya. Is anyone on the planet confused she might be a he? Then again, if the movie Ace Ventura Pet Detective taught us anything, it would be that you just can't assume anything at face value these days when it comes to gender, eh? If the lieutenant is indeed a woman, as she claims to be, then my friend... She is suffering from the worst case of hemorrhoids I have ever seen! That's why Roger Penactor is dead! He found Captain Winky! Now, as for the cherry on this sordid Sunday, get this. We have been informed there's a game in Fergus This coming Saturday afternoon involving the Fergus Highlanders men's old-timers team versus a old-timer squad from Toronto called the Gits. And we've been told Ash Davis is likely to be playing for the Fergus squad. What? Oh, yeah. The male lesbian who plays with a young woman is now going to yet again reimagine himself so that he can play with old dudes. This is getting really confusing, isn't it folks? But talk about having your cake and eating it too. Maybe we'll drop by Fergus this Saturday to see if the rumors are indeed true. But again, why is this even being tolerated in the first place? So to recap, the mostly female Fergus Highlander squad continues to violate world rugby guidelines. And the club has morphed into a grotesque laughing stock the world over and they never got to play the consolation final and to think this ongoing fergus fiasco is being done in the name of diversity inclusion and equity as this woke joke rugby club breaks the rules to accommodate a male lesbian rugby player who might just have a screw loose geez maybe it really is high time that rugby players start wearing proper football style helmets There seems to be a lot of brain-damaged gals on the Fergus Highlanders these days, don't you think? And again, I ask, where, oh where, are the feminists on this file? Well, folks, next time you fill up at the local Shell station, and I know that task is increasingly painful these days, take a close look at what you're paying for, because it turns out that the taxman is getting increasingly greedy. For example, the federal government and even some of the provinces actually charge a tax on tax every time you fuel up. Indeed, you pay the carbon tax. And then a second carbon tax, uh, plus all those due rigueur fuel taxes, twas ever thus. And then to add insult to injury, they add their sales tax on top of those aforementioned taxes. Outrageous. Little wonder that the Canadian Taxpayers Federation is advocating that it is now high time to scrap the carbon tax and end this outrageous tax on tax. And joining me now to discuss this game plan, as well as the bizarre re-emergence of Climate Barbie, is the federal director of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation, and that would be Franco Terrazano. How you doing there, Franco? Hey, I'm doing great. Not
1: as good as the tax man, albeit, but I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on.
0: It is always a pleasure, Franco. Now, first things first, I always thought that any kind of government was not able to put a tax on a tax, or is this just the stuff of urban legend, Franco?
1: No, that's exactly what's happening. Okay, so we all know about the carbon tax. We all know about the second carbon tax. We all know about the big provincial fuel taxes and big federal excise fuel taxes. But what most people don't know is that governments add up all those taxes and then they apply the sales tax on top of those taxes okay so effectively governments are charging their sales tax on all the other taxes that you're already paying at the pumps now the federal government does this so you have a tax on tax all across canada and many of the provinces do as well actually every province east of manitoba also charges their sales tax on top of the other taxes so I mean, like, look, we need a break here. The carbon tax, the second carbon tax, these big fuel taxes. I mean, come on, give us some relief. People are just trying to get to work. People are just trying to go to the cottage. But what's even more pernicious is the fact that we're paying a tax on a tax because of the sales taxes.
0: And, you know, Franco, I always thought that there is a way for the Trudeau liberals to, you know, with dignity, roll back the carbon tax. And it's this. Uh, They could still, you know, quote chapter and verse about how they're committed to climate change and zero net emissions, yada, yada, yada. But they could say, you know what, given the state of the economy, given the inflation, given the soaring interest rates, um, simply now is not the time to do this. So to help you with your household economy. We're going to um, temporarily suspend the carbon taxes. I think even those who are pro-climate change agenda, Franco, they would have something in their heart for that. But I don't see any movement in this direction whatsoever. No,
1: I'm so glad you brought that up right? The federal government under Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has had every opportunity to back away from the carbon tax and still save face. Let me just list off a couple ways they could have done it. Well, number one, as you mentioned, the tough times that have gone by, right? Like the pandemic. On our left coast, the government of British Columbia paused a carbon tax hike. And remember, BC had was the first province that put in a carbon tax. They had the highest carbon tax in Canada for years. And even on the left coast, They said, well, hold on a second. During a pandemic, let's just pause the carbon tax hike. Okay. But not just that, you're also seeing left politicians now come out and speak against uh, both the carbon tax and also provincial fuel taxes, right? You have premiers in Newfoundland and Labrador like Fury calling out the federal government for making life harder with carbon tax hikes. Uh, Just recently, you had the NDP leader in Manitoba uh, as part of a campaign promise say he would suspend the provincial gas tax, which is 14 cents a liter of gas, the same Mm -hmm. as what the Trudeau government charges in the carbon tax. So we even have left-leaning politicians say, "Okay, guys, enough's enough. People are really struggling. Let's provide some relief. But let me go one step further. Let's look at the international scene. You even had President Joe Biden musing about gas tax relief. We've seen so many other countries, Australia, South Korea, the United Kingdom, New Zealand, um, Australia, Netherlands, Germany. They've all cut fuel taxes while Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has made your life more expensive with carbon tax hikes.
0: It's just amazing. They are just so committed to, I guess, virtue signaling uh, Franco, as opposed to helping, you know, average Canadians scrape by. And I, I want to ask you, my friend, where do all these taxes end up? And I, I say this because I know, you know, as I said, twas ever thus for decades and decades that a significant portion of a liter of gas in this country uh, is taxed. And those fuel taxes were ostensibly to go towards maintaining roads, building new roads. But we know that's a lie. We know it all goes into that nebulous black hole called general revenues. Is that the same thing with these uh, carbon taxes as well, Franco? Well, I'm glad you brought that up because I can hear
1: my neighbors in Ottawa shrieking about, oh, don't forget about the rebates. Don't forget about the rebates. But hold on a second. Even after you account for the rebates, The carbon tax is still leaving the average family this year worse off by hundreds of dollars. In fact, the carbon tax is costing the average family up to $710 this year, even after the rebates are factored in. That's according to the parliamentary budget officer. So you hear the government trying to spin Canadians, selling us on magic math about these rebates. But here's the thing, right? If you think that the government can raise a carbon tax, skim some off the top, and then somehow make people better off with rebates, then I've got some Ocean View property in Medicine Hat to sell you.
0: Now, Franco, as I teased in the introduction, uh, there was the surprising re-emergence of uh, Catherine McKenna. Uh, maybe it's because of the super successful Barbie movie that uh, <laughs> Climate Barbie uh, wants to get back into the picture and be relevant once again. But these tweets that she came out with, they are astonishing Um, I'll read one right now, quote, we need a mandatory climate science lesson for conservative politicians and premiers, as well as cost to the lives and livelihoods of Canadians from climate change, and the economics of the clean transition, otherwise Canadians pay the price, it's absurd, but that's where we're at end quote. Well, Franco, we're already paying the price. <laughs> um, sure are. But what is she getting at that those who are conservative, uh, they're to blame for climate change, and therefore, for this rash of forest fires we've had this summer across Canada?
1: Well, you know, I hope it's not political opportunism, right? Like, I, I really <laughs> hope that's not the case. Like, but like seriously i mean we shouldn't be trying to take political shots when people are actually really worried right now with the wildfires right like like let's just have some decency and understand that people are really world worried but also too like i can't believe i have to say this out loud with my mouth but the carbon tax in canada isn't going to stop wildfires like like yeah like who is the government or these former politicians i guess like who are they trying to like Do they actually think Canadians are are, are that dumb? Like, of course, a carbon tax isn't going to stop wildfires. I mean, I can't believe we also have to point this out. McKenna should know this. She was the environment minister. We've had a carbon tax in Canada for quite some time. (laughs) I mean, there's still wildfires, right? Having a carbon tax in Canada does absolutely nothing for the environment. Absolutely nothing. And let me tell you why. There's actually two reasons. Okay, number one, fueling up a minivan with gasoline... Uh, using propane on the farm to dry your grain, filling up that big rig rig with diesel, or keeping your home warm or your business warm with natural gas. Those are essentials for countless Canadians. So, so many Canadians can't escape the punishment of a carbon tax. People just have less money in their bank accounts for other important things, like putting their kids through university. So that's reason number one. Reason number two is this. Canada makes up 1.5% of global emissions. Okay. So making it more expensive for someone to fuel up their sedan on the way to work or to fill up their grocery cart with ground beef for taco night does absolutely nothing to reduce emissions in places like China and Russia and India or in the United States. So the carbon tax does absolutely nothing for the environment. And guess what? Canadians are paying the price. Let me just give you some numbers. That tax on tax that we were talking about. Okay. Every fill up, it costs about $2.65, $2.65 for a sedan. Let's say you fill up that big sedan Honda Accord once a week, okay? The tax on tax alone is 140 bucks a year. The tax on tax alone, not including the carbon tax, not including the second carbon tax, not including the fuel taxes, not including the price of fuel. The tax on tax alone could cost a Canadian this year about 140 bucks. So we're paying a ton of money through taxes at the pump, and it doesn't do a single thing for the environment. It just leaves Canadians poor.
0: No, you're absolutely right, Franco. And uh, as I understand it, China, where our current environment minister uh, is having uh, an alliance with and I still can't figure out the rationale for that, they're still adding coal plants uh, every hmm. uh, every year. So uh, again, it makes a mockery uh, out of what she said, but she doubles down, McKenna does, Franco, quote, conservative politicians want to fight about a price on carbon pollution. You want to make it free to pollute while Canadians pay with their lives threatened, homes destroyed, And their communities obliterated. So what are you going to do? You are the arsonist, end quote. I mean, that is absolutely outrageous and volatile language. I guess maybe uh, for the blackface liberals, uh, Franco, maybe there's one solution. Uh, I'm just thinking out the box here. Why don't we just, um, oh, I don't know, uh, freeze the bank accounts of conservatives, uh, because we're obviously uh, leading to this uh, ongoing climate crisis, or is it climate emergency or climate catastrophe? I lose track of the language uh, sometimes, uh, but... This is just outrageous rhetoric, I say, uh, Franco. You know,
1: I'm going to lump in McKenna with the other political class in Ottawa. I know she's not a politician anymore, but I'm going to lump her in with the other politicians and bureaucrats, you know, the Ottawa elite, if you will. It's pretty easy for them to tell other Canadians, hey, just pay more every time you go to fuel up. Hey, just pay more when you try to heat your home. Just pay more every time you go to superstore, right? Just to get a roast chicken, just pay more. It's easy for them to say that, right? Politicians, let's not forget, give themselves a raise every year. Most politicians, right? If they serve for what, six years, they get a a, a platinum taxpayer funded pension, right? right. Uh, there's politicians in Ottawa, we're paying for their taxpayer funded mansion, <laughs> right? Let's not forget about that. Or when we pay for them to go overseas to hobnob with whatever celebrity of the day that they're going to be meeting and taking a <laughs> selfie with. Right. So it's easy for the elite political class in Ottawa to tell other people to pay more. Right. And that's what really, really leaves a bad taste in my mouth is that it's the people who can afford to live a lavish lifestyle. The people who are are living a a lavish lifestyle on the back of taxpayers telling the other people who are struggling, who actually grow Canada's economy to pay more and live the way we want you to live. That's what really leaves a bad taste in my mouth.
0: Yeah, you know, and and I guess Franco um and this will be our exit question, where does all this lead to in terms of potential regime change in Ottawa? Um I don't see any indication uh either this year or maybe even next year of interest rates uh going back down again. Uh I think maybe the best we can hope for is that they stay where they are, not increase. Um Canadians are hurting People are canceling road trips. The other day I'm in a metro. I fill up my basket. I think I said, um, oh, that's about um 48 bucks in groceries. It was $143. I'd be a wipeout on the prices, right? The point is, um, as we go into the election cycle, I don't see the economy improving. And, you know, with so many elections, uh, as the saying goes, it's the economy stupid. When you are hurting when you are seeing your disposable income evaporate when you can't make mortgage payments um franco i don't think this all bodes well for the trudeau liberals your thoughts
1: yeah that's a good question i mean i don't know where the economy is going to be whenever the election is being called right but the thing that is clear to me is that everyday people who aren't political are starting to really ask the questions like, hey, why does everything cost so much? Why does it take forever to get anything done? Um, And look, I'll just kind of leave your listeners with two final thoughts. Number one is that the government is not the solution. The government is the problem, right? Mm. The high cost of government is leading to the high cost of living. Let's not forget about this. But number two, to end on a more optimistic note, I don't actually think it would take that much change to make things better for Canadians. And it's pretty easy for the government to reverse course. What do they have to do? Well, first, they have to stop digging, okay? That means stop the tax hikes, stop the taxes that are making everything more expensive, like the carbon tax and the second carbon tax. Got to scrap those and rein in the crazy amount of spending. I mean, we've been seeing never-ending deficits for so long. So what does the government have to do? Well, it can turn ship pretty quickly if it scraps those carbon taxes and it finally balances the budget by cutting wasteful spending.
0: Well, Franco, thank you so much. You and your organization, you're doing incredible work on this front and I hope it uh, results in some tangible change. And uh, thank you as always for making time for us.
1: Hey, thanks for having me on.
0: Well, folks, a lot of feedback regarding Tamara Ugolini's monologue last night regarding the wildfires in Canada and uh, the inane statements by our Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau. Tracy Green, 4786, writes, These are intentional fires. Wildfires are accidents. There is a huge difference. Well, you know what? I'm open to that. They indeed could be uh, intentional fires. I know some of the arsonists have been arrested. But for Justin Trudeau to, first of all, blame climate change and then blame conservatives and then blame Meta for the lack of information getting out, boy, this man is just looking like such a desperate person with every passing day. Mary 2023 writes, Trudeau shoved censorship bills at Canadians, and now he is complaining over his own problems that he created. Couldn't care about Meta slash Facebook anyways, nothing more than another source of propaganda. No, you're absolutely right, Mary. This We have seen this over the last eight years. No matter what the scandal is, from SNC-Lavalin to blackface, it is always somebody else's fault when it comes to this egotistical Prime Minister. I can hardly wait for regime change. Alan Crawford, 2696, writes, the only carbon pollution in the air is expelled by JT. Yeah, you know what? And that is the kind of carbon I wouldn't mind putting a carbon tax on. This country would be quite wealthy as a result. Well, folks, that wraps up tonight's edition of The Ezra Levan Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. I believe it is Sheila Gunn-Reed guest hosting tomorrow as Ezra is in New Zealand. In the meantime, as always, stay safe and stay sane.